Welcome to Night of the Living Geeks. If you geek out over it, we've got a podcast for you. Hello everyone and welcome to another brand new episode of If Memory Serves here on NOTLG.com. It is episode 25 of our 1989 New Year's Eve show and not only that, it's also our second anniversary show. I'm Taylor and with me as he is every month when we wander back through the hazy halls of our memories growing up in the Bay Area in the 80s and the 90s, he is the crystal glatt to my awkward teenage voice. It's my brother Seb. What's happening, man? Hey, how's it going? It's going pretty good up here. Just polishing off some uh thanksgiving leftovers and uh it was great to see you all yesterday and yeah. uh, uh pretty excited it looked like mom and dad enjoyed their 50th wedding anniversary gift from the both of us so that was pretty cool so was, i'm pretty pretty jazzed how, how are you doing um it's busy we you know obviously uh you know saw you yesterday for our our family thanksgiving since we we're able to get everyone together and right on the heels of that we raced out this morning and got our christmas tree because well thanksgiving's over it's officially christmas we have to have the tree and some decorations up so heck yeah yeah awesome very yep. good okay so glad- we've been uh busy with all of that and you know just getting chores done around the house and all that so yeah I'm, honestly i'm kind of exhausted <laughs> I got to tell you, you're basically the last uh, the last person in the family, as far as I know, that still does the real tree, and I salute you for it, sir. That, oh, well, really, thank you. Yeah, very exciting. The real tree is important to us. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. Uh, so, um, has there been any previously on uh, material relating to... Uh, it looks like you have something in our show notes. You made a recent discovery about a geographic location. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. So, um, I, I know it... Uh, various times over previous episodes we've talked about back to the future uh as a trilogy um and how much we loved it um and i i feel like i may have told the story before about how after back to the future 3 came out um and i i learned through you know one of those magazines you pick up at the grocery store that has all like sort of behind the scenes stuff uh about a film the Back to the Future 3 was actually filmed up here in the Northern California gold country um, and how we basically spent the better part of a uh, summer vacation uh, up that way, uh, basically looking for this filming location. Mm -hmm. And we never found it. You know, it, it became one of those legends of like, yeah, we tried looking for it. And I guess naively we thought, you know, you could see it from the road or whatever road it might be on <laughs> yeah i i have really strong memories of that summer vacation just kind of plowing around the back roads looking for i don't know what we expected to find but you're right just something that would say like a big sign saying back to the future this way or something like that you know? I, yeah or you know just some very clear like seeing the town off on the you know a distant hill or something right um and and i never really looked for it much after that point you know but anytime that we were up there that was always the story we would tell there's always the memory we had and it finally clicked with me after um actually after we recorded our last episode and amber and i took parent up into the gold country and visited columbia and stuff like that Mm. um 
oh my god i've got the internet mm-hmm. right <laughs> why why don't i look on the internet and see if mm. i can i mean surely somebody has record of where it was yeah um and so i spent an afternoon kind of just uh uh digging through some some informational stuff uh and yeah, now to the best of my ability, I have pinpointed where this town was. It actually burned down in a brush fire that was caused by a lightning strike in 1996. <laughs> a lightning strike of all things. Of all things, right? Yeah, yeah. I, um, I couldn't. I couldn't get over how the name of the the name of the road that was there. Well. Uh, See, that's the thing. It, one of the things that really tipped me off was that a a private road um, in that immediate mm-hmm. area, so it does not have a sign that you can see from the road, mm-hmm. um, is called Eastwood Ravine Road. It's brilliant. I love it. Um, and so that was a surefire sign that, okay, yes, I've found the right place. And it's amazing how close we were just driving up into that area on the main highway. Oh, uh, that, that just kind of breaks my heart a little bit, you know? Right. Yeah. Um, I, using Google Maps, you can kind of like uh, drop a pin and then uh, drop a second pin and just tell like straight line how far apart they are. It literally about 2,000 feet off the highway. Oh. You know, um, somewhere If you could just this... jump over a barbed wire fence and run straight to it. <laughs> right. It's yeah. literally about 2,000 feet. I'm going to try to believe that there's an alternate universe out there somewhere where little kid versions of you and me actually did find it and got to do like, you know, the moonwalk in like the middle of town, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> oh, jeez, Wow. That was really exciting, though, when you when you sent me those emails, you know. Uh, it was, yeah. It was pretty and, and it was pretty fun because one of the things that tipped it off is that somebody has uh, uploaded to YouTube. And, and maybe if I can, I'll try and uh, grab the link again and put it in the show notes. Mm. Um apparently um that summer that the movie came out they actually opened up that set to locals oh um to just basically come and like wander around town like a like a living history day somewhere yeah yeah and like so there's house. this old you know vhs converted to digital uh copy of you know this experience on youtube and i watched it and it, all the way through and it, it was pretty pretty cool that's awesome, man. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. Um, so it looks like, uh, so, do you have anything from previous episodes? No, just basically, um, you know, uh, uh, we um, managed to put together a really neat uh, anniversary gift for mom and dad, a yeah. little book uh, featuring um, great historic photos of the, the Gaslighter Theater that we talked about um, in our previous episode. Um, there were a whole bunch of photos, color photos taken in about nineteen mid-1970s. Um, and, uh, it was pretty exciting. They seemed to really get a kick out of it, which is great. So, yeah. um, and there's a real dearth of visual, um, material on the internet relating to the theaters. So I, I thought it was a pretty exciting uh, thing to find. So yeah, it was, it was good, but that's, that's pretty much it for the for previous episodes. As, uh, yeah. As well, and you also dropped off with me yesterday, uh, further potential research oh. on, the previous owner of my bus so and i have not had a chance to dive into that yet it's just oh, been too yeah, busy that's... around here but i am looking forward to doing this in the coming weeks yeah i really hope it pays off man I, awesome. I hope so too i and i and i appreciate the effort you put out for that so it, it's one of the few areas where i feel i can co-participate with my brother in the, in the realm of automobiles since i'm yeah. not a gearhead you know what i mean uh <laughs> but um 
you know, taking a look here, it looks like we didn't have much in the news uh, for this episode, but uh, there were a couple of choice items that I, I noticed. Um, yeah, yeah. Tell us, tell us what you got because I didn't, well, I didn't really have anything. Yeah, there, there's an interesting article on Gizmodo.com, and the the headline reads: Timex flips off the smartwatch trend and revives a classic '80s digital watch instead. So I took a look at this article, and Timex, Timex, the famous clock and watch manufacturer, has released a wristwatch just recently that is basically a re-release of a model that they released in the 80s called the T80, T80, the T80. And this is the flimsiest, chintziest digital watch you can imagine. It's the kind of thing that you might find in the lost and found bucket at a bus station. And... <laughs> And they have brought this thing back and it, you can buy it online. You can, there's different colored bands you can get. There's even a special model with a bezel that features images of, uh, Pac-Man video game characters. Oh, wow. And, look at that. And they go from, I think anywhere from like $29 to $79. And ladies and gentlemen, I'm probably doing a poor, uh, job describing this in words, but if you can imagine, the most basic rudimentary digital wristwatch from the 1980s. This is basically what that looks like. It's the gray and black little dial um, with the the numbers. And uh, and there's just something in my heart that just is happy that that a big international conglomerate is uh, manufacturing this again. Um, not really sure if it's going to be a, a, a financial success for them, but I definitely tip my hats to them. So. Uh, that's pretty cool. Fair pretty enough. Cool. And we will have a link to that in the show notes. You guys can always go check it out there. Um, yeah, and then the other, the only other news that I noticed, uh, some sad news. Uh, it actually was uh, a couple weeks ago. A famous figure in the world of animations and cartoons passed away by the name of Alan Zaslov. Not a name that immediately comes to mind, at least for me, but I'm surely familiar with his body of work. Apparently, he was an animator, director, and producer from the 1940s to the 1990s. And he worked on everything from Popeye the Sailor Man to the Charlie Brown Christmas special to GoBots, the Snorks, Disney's Gummy Bears and Rescue Rangers. I mean, just the list was just a hit list of, you know, the Jetsons, everything that I grew up with, we grew up with, and probably a lot of our listeners have fond memories of. So uh, Yeah, no kidding. Look at that. Yeah, Alan, I, I salute you as well. Gee whiz. Um, he he uh, apparently was uh, 92 years old at the time of his passing. So um, hopefully we'll, we'll have a, sh- a link to that in the show, no- the yeah, show notes as well. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. <clears throat> so, hey, well, what, are Sam, we, what are we talking about tonight? We, we're going to talk about uh, a, what, a decade in review <laughs> uh, thing that we as a family sat down and recorded ourselves talking about on New Year's Eve 1989. That's right. Ladies and gentlemen, if you can imagine, the evening of December 31st, 1989, our parents and my brother and I sat in front of our home video recorder and basically created a time capsule. It was a roundtable discussion on uh, the top hits of the 1980s, our favorite our favorite foods, our favorite clothing, fashion trends, our favorite movies, TV shows, all sorts of things. Um, and uh, I really want to thank my brother publicly for all of the audio editing he's going to do in the near future to put this all together. <laughs> I really hope it works out. And folks, I hope you get a kick out of it. Um, for those of our listeners, you've been listening to my brother and I probably for 
a couple months or a couple years now, and we're going to actually get to visit ourselves, our 30-year younger selves. It's very meta, I think. Um, we're going <laughs> to see how some of our, our choices of our favorite things from the 80s may have remained the same or changed a little bit, and I'm pretty excited, actually. So I think this is going to be a good episode. Yeah, definitely. In fact, should we uh, should we uh, roll the uh, the old footage and uh, listen to what the our our intro was? Let's hit the play button, man. All right, here we go. Okay, now we're gonna do Happy Nineteen Ninety. And here we are, and in the year 2000, hopefully you guys it's, will be looking at us and going, who are these strange people? I'm very strange. And then at the same time, we'll look at the mirror and say, who are these strange people? Well, we prepared for this. Yes. Oh, yes, yeah. Yes, yeah, here. Yeah. It's 7.43, New Year's Eve, 1989. Yeah, really? We're about ready to go yes. to the 90s. I remember after the 1990. So... We're kind of taking a look back at the last 10 years and where we've come from and where we're going to and... Yeah, I want to start off with and I have the questions all the way down the whole time. Yeah, so here we are. This is what we look like in... Really? 89. Yeah, are we handsome? Almost. Except for 70s. Except for 70s. Man, I gotta tell you, I... I hated how my voice sounded back then. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Your voice oh, sounded God. so good. I, no. I loved it so much. Really? No, I am horribly nasal and yeah, I don't know. No, man, it was I, great. I've always been critical of how my own voice sounds. You know what's crazy? Like, I have no memory of us producing this. The only thing is, several years ago, you digitized the old family VHS home movie tapes and I saw it at that point you know mm-hmm. and i i was my jaw just dropped because i was like what the heck is this so i don't know where you know where that memory went but um uh i i, I just i think it's just so amazing i one of the things that amazes me the most is throughout a good portion of the video i'm holding a toy in my hands while we're all sitting on the couch um and i'm cradling this weird toy like a super villain and it's like <laughs> i i can't tell what this toy is it looks like a brown star polyhedron. Uh, it's almost like something from the Nature Company. And, and at one point, I think I call it something called a crystal glatt. Um, and it's the weirdest thing. I can't quite make out what's going on there. But um, it's just, it's so neat, you know. And it's, it's really weird because we talk in the video as if it was meant to be rewatched at the year 2000. And, you know, we're only about 20 years too late. You know what I mean? So not, yeah. not, not. You know, not, not not too late, you know, just a little better late, late than you know? ever, right? Better late than ever, exactly, you know. Um, I think um, it's hilarious that you know, as we're like, oh, 1990, and you're like 1857. Yeah, where did that come from? I have no great. idea. Totally, I have oh, no idea. Gosh. And and I I think it's funny because it's like mom is going on about you know oh you know we'll look back and we're like who were these people and i'm going well like aren't we handsome and then i totally pick on you like well except sad <laughs> no that's like great. you're not handsome sad hey well we're brothers you know i know but i don't know i, I look good. i'm like why am i being a prissy diva uh, so uh what was the looks like the first category that we were going to talk about were our favorite movies of the decade, the 1980s, which is a, a huge topic just to start out on. I mean, oh yeah, it's almost, definitely. It's almost like this is almost like a precursor of our podcast. 
to a certain extent. In some ways it kind of is, which is kind of funny. Totally. Um, but yeah, let's let's take a listen to what we thought were cool movies and what mom and dad thought were cool movies in the eighties. Taylor's prepared some questions. Let's ask. Sure no, me, me and dad have. Me and dad have. Dad, let's play. Twenty-two questions. Okay. Okay, starting with Seth. What's your favorite movie this year? Favorite movie this year. Oh. This year or this decade? This decade. decade. Okay. In your whole life. Your favorite movie in your whole life. Okay. Um. No, I know. I don't tell me. I know. Um, I would have to say Roger Rabbit. Great. Yeah, Um, Dad, your favorite movie? My favorite movie. Your favorite movie. That really stirred my heart. Right. I think a spoon did that. Oh, yeah, but I like that. Yeah. Stirred my heart. Mm. Star Wars. Star Wars. Star Wars 1 was made in 77. Yeah. Oh, Maybe um, the Philadelphia is continuing. No. In that case... Raiders, The Lost Ark. Yes, okay. that was an excellent movie. Mom, your favorite movie? Um, name one done by Spielberg or Lucas, and I'm with Dad. I'm yeah, probably. All the Raiders and and all Not the really. Oh, I guess. And now my mm-hmm. favorite movie. Batman was great, though. Yes, yeah. that, I don't, I don't Batman like that. And it was, it was made in well, the okay, but I don't know what you I loved it. I loved it. It was great. Yeah, it was. Thumbs up. There's two. Oh, you can predict what we're going to have in that. That's true. Can I give my favorite movie to No. No. Thank you. I really like, you know. No, I don't know. Yeah, I know you don't know. I've liked Close Back to the Futures and all the. Yeah, that was. Raiders of Lost Ark and all that. Back to the Future with a yeah, definitely good. good. So you can you can count on that if you're looking yeah. for the future and so look if, you're, if you're looking for a good video tip to buy of an old classic. Yeah, by that. By the time we show this, it'll be an old classic. Yeah. Well, I think it's safe to say that that we have liked Back to the Future for a very long time. Apparently so. Um, <laughs> I, 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 I got to tell you, I, I can't tell you how excited I was to hear that you used the phrase both Back to the Futures because... Well, parts two and three were filmed and released almost back to back. I know, but it's like the, the sliver of time in world history when there was only two Back to the Future movies that, that you could have seen. You know what I mean? It was such a narrow gap of time. It's like a precious little like sliver or something. I don't know. That just really made me happy for some reason. I guess that's just, that is true because I think it was... See, now I feel like I should look it up because I want to say that it was November of 89 that Back to the Future 2 came out. And I think 3 didn't come out until summer of 1990. I think you're probably. I think that's right. That sounds about right. Um, um, do you still do you still like your choices of Back to the Future and Raiders? Do you still oh do you still stand by that? Okay, yeah, okay. I totally still stand by that. Uh, that was you know, and still are mm-hmm. um, just fantastic mm-hmm. films. Um, ones that I'd happily go back to. In fact, I'd, I'd love to show the kids. Yeah, the first Back to the Future film. You know, as much as I love Roger Rabbit, I, I have to say I think. I probably would change my choice. Um, it, it's a close toss-up between 1982's The Secret of Nim, mm-hmm. um, but I think by a hair I'd choose 1986 True Stories. I don't know if you remember True Stories. I but don't. It starred a guy who was the lead singer of a band called Talking Heads. I think his name was Peter Byrne. 
uh, uh, no, it's David uh, Byrne. David. David. David Byrne. David Byrne. Yeah, uh, I think so. It, it, it was this weird movie where he was a guy in the state of Texas, and John Goodman was there, and he John Goodman worked in a, a factory that manufactured computer chips. Um, and it was if you ever get a chance to watch it, it's it's amazing because it's almost like it it's like a Coen Brothers movie before the Coen Brothers almost. Huh. Um, but ladies, if anybody out there in the podcast world uh, is listening and, 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 and remembers this uh, movie, uh, definitely give us a shout out. I'd love to see if I'm the only one that remembers it. Um, but another thing that blew my mind, I go on this weird little mini rant about how there's all these problems with 1989's, uh, Batman movie, well, which is back, like, there kind of are, but it's weird. Cause it's like, there's so many people that love that movie today. And that movie was so big at the time that it's like. And, and honestly, I, I don't – today, looking back at the age of 40, I don't have any problems with 1989's Batman. I think it's a classic. So it's <laughs> it's weird because it's like I must have been in like a minority of one in the United States with regards to like crapping on this movie or something. It's so weird. Anyway. I, I honestly love the fact that you were so hip to, uh, you know, the, the, the length of a movie and how predictable a plot could be. What was I predicting? You know, no, I'm like, you weren't nine. predicting anything. How? It's just you're watching the movie and you're like, oh, I know what's going to happen. I guess, I guess I must have been 10 at the time. If I, if, no, no, I would have been 11 in December 31st, 1989. I would have been mm-hmm. 11. Tech. But yeah, I don't know. That just kind of blew my mind a little bit. But, uh, and apparently dad, dad, for dad, the 80s and the late 70s, I guess kind of blend together, it seems. Um, <laughs> well, and, and you have to admit, Star Wars, even, even though it came out in the late 70s, is a pretty big deal. Totally. Totally. Um, yeah. but obviously, um, Empire and Return of the Jedi both came out in the 80s. That's true. So I can see yeah. how that all kind of blurs together. And yes, I did confirm, uh, Back to the Future 3 did not come out until May 25th, 1990. So we would there not have go. seen it at this point. So both Back to the Futures, yes, part one and two. That's crazy. That just blows my mind. I know, right? So hey, what's the next category we got tonight? Next category we talked about was video games. And we played a lot of video games in the 80s. So why don't we see if our choices from uh, 30 years ago hold up? Yeah, Seth, favorite video game. Favorite video game of the um, 80s. Like, please, Pac-Man. Oh, yeah. I know. Fuck oh, now. Excuse me. Okay, um. Yeah, I got some bigger. Dude, I guess it would have to be Star Wars. Star Wars, yeah. Yeah? Yes, it was made in the 80s. And Seth played it like crazy. Like I know, that. I loved it. You like that? Yeah, because they had that little store, and the one we seen it, it was better than 3D. Dad, your favorite video game? Oh, Ellie. Pong. Pong. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm a curious. Pong. <laughs> you did it, dude. Mom? You didn't hate me. Tetris. Yeah. All right. She's been Tetris set. This woman is a Tetris maniac. I am. Just happy. I am. I love it. I love it. I do like the flight simulators. Um, Chuck Yeager. For those of you in the... No, it's Tetris. Tetris. 2000. There are a lot of flight simulators that came out for the computer and for the and for the video game market. I will. And I, I really like the flight simulators. Mm-hmm. Flight simulators were fun. Uh, Wings of Fury yep. was a good game. Yes. Jack um, Yeager's flight simulator was wonderful. Yes. If you like to run into pyramids. There was Top Gun. 
Yes, Top Gun, the first and second mission. I, I expect the second mission to be good because, um, let's see. I, I, I like a whole bunch of Nintendo games, too many to name. I like 1942 and 43. Well, they don't sell in Japan, and I know why. <laughs> um, yes, they like. So that in 10 years, people will be. Well, in World War II. Well, forget that. In the game, you are an American fighting the Japanese. In World War II. Really? And I thought we were fighting Russians. Fighting the Japanese. Yeah. <laughs> you thought we were fighting Russians? Fighting the Japanese. Yeah. <laughs> you thought we were fighting Russians? Fighting the Japanese. Yeah. <laughs> you thought we were fighting Russians? Fighting the Japanese. Yeah. <laughs> you thought we were fighting Russians? Fighting the Japanese. Yeah. Uh, that's so good. Uh, I really love your choices, though, by the way. Yeah, I was a little surprised by my choices. Really? You yeah. still stand by them? 1942 and 1943. Mm. I mean, they're good games, and strangely enough, I think 1942 is the very first game that Parent ever played. Um, But no, I don't stand by those choices at all anymore. Wow. Man, you know, yeah, even though I love the Star Wars arcade game, I think I probably would change to The Legend of Zelda. I was Mm -hmm. was just so fascinated with that as a little kid, you know? I'd probably have to change that. I'm not sure why, like, it sounded like I hated Pac-Man so much, you know. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Pac-Man's pretty cool. Um, would you Would you change your choice now to anything? Or oh, sure. Um, I mean, you know, I don't know why I didn't pick something like RC Pro Am. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. Uh, in cool. terms of Nintendo games, or 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 TNC Surf, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, or California games. Yeah, that's a great one. Um, oh. Or I think even at this point, we probably had Test Drive 2. Gee, what? oh my god, we did have Test Drive 2. That's Do you great. remember that game? Barely, but it's, oh, it's coming back now, yeah. It, totally. Trust me, if, if you if you saw a simulation, or an, uh, an emulation of it, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, it'd come back to you pretty quickly. I love how I, when I make the mock disgust spitting noise, you make it a, a reference to the Beetlejuice movie. Which just blew me away, by the way. Um, <laughs> you, you, at one point, you say, after I make a spitting noise, without missing a beat, you say, I'm going to save that guy for later. And that's a line straight from Michael Keaton. That's so good. Oh, it just, that's right. Yes. It yes, was yes. so good. That was so good, man. I I, I, uh, I salute you on that one. And, and somehow um, Beetlejuice didn't come up on our favorite movies of the 80s. This is true. This is true. Um, uh, look, but I do love, in terms of video games, that, that Wings of Fury gets a shout out. Wings of Fury, Definitely. Um, and mom and dad seems to seem to have been really interested in uh, Tetris and Pong. Yeah, uh, I forgot that mom was such a Tetris maniac. Yeah, who knew? Who knew? Uh, oh man! And fun fact, I still have that original Pong unit here at the house. You know, that's it's interesting that we we spent so little time, relatively speaking, talking about that topic when our episode about video games must have been like episode five or six, maybe. Mm-hmm. I mean, we talk for like, it feels like five hours or something. That, you know I mean? Yes, our video game episode is a very long episode. Yeah, it's, it's really interesting to me. Huh, anyway, yeah. So what's the uh, what's the next segment that we uh, we got? Um, probably, it would seem like it would be a topic with way too many things to choose from because we had no lack of these. But we, we talk about our favorite toys of the 80s. So let's see what we said about those. Deep waters here. Yeah. Favorite toy. I believe that. Okay, my favorite toy. <clears throat> the whole decade, jeez. Oh, I guess the one that kept me most occupied over the years was just Lego. Me I mean, too. Lego. I yeah. second the motion. 
Yeah, no. This is the motion that he's seconding. This is the motion. What okay, emotion? Well, what's your tip for my new car? <laughs> I got yes, the yeah, first right. time in my whole life. I got a brand new car. Oh cool. sure, can we use it before? And it was hot, hot, hot. That was golden. No, no. And I really game. enjoyed it, and it was fun, and I picked it out myself. So that's my favorite toy. My favorite toy is the RC10. Oh yeah. Yeah. I tripled them. Even though you screamed and yelled at us when we bought it for yeah. you. What the RC10? Yeah. Oh, yeah. True. So rude, so rude. <laughs> yeah, why did Dad uh, yell when we got him the RC-10? Yeah, that was so weird. But hey, I think this might be the first and maybe the only topic of the night that we actually agreed on our answers on, which is kind of interesting. Oh yeah, definitely. I, I stand by the fact that Lego was probably my favorite thing to play with back in the 80s, and I still enjoy. Totally. I totally still agree with this. I think Legos, it was so versatile. I mean, mm-hmm. it was almost impossible to stop building stuff, and you could always build out something different, and it was pretty exciting. Um, yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd probably shout out the RC-10 today, because I still have mine. Definitely, and I love the fact that Mom talks about her car, the Mercur, which we talked about a couple episodes uh, mm-hmm. in our automobile episode. Yeah. Uh, apparently, I thought it was stolen, uh, which Maybe is... Maybe uh, because it was hot? Uh, I guess so, yeah, definitely. Um, but that was... She, that was interesting because this must have been taped not too long after we got the car because she's still so excited about it. Uh, yeah, I I felt as though we got it in 88, but maybe we did get it in 89. Okay, so maybe, maybe a year or so. Okay, mm-hmm. okay. That's pretty exciting. Yeah. Well, that's good food for thought. And speaking of food, it looks like our next category are the our favorite foods of the decade, the 1980s. What a uh, nice segue, Seth. Said. Well done. Well, thank you. Thank well you. Well done. Let's see what we said. All right. What's your favorite food? Oh, my favorite food has to be Pizza Hut pizza. I what about pizza? They are making it great. That and grilled cheese sandwiches. I lived off that all year. All, all, all decade. All decade. I, every day at school, the better half of my life, I've been eating pink butter sandwiches. I'm addicted. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's mom's turn. Oh, yeah, mom's turn. Okay. Falafel. No, no, no. I say falafel. Okay. I say falafel. some interesting choices there didn't we <laughs> i love how you say pizza hut pizza that's so i good. know oh man not, not only do i say good. it but i dropped their slogan at the time too i must have really thought pizza hut was the best was the bomb oh, i so might have been was i, I don't think ha- it is anymore there's other things you, i would pick did you have a favorite pizza hut topping in 1989 do you think oh my gosh i don't think i had anything other than cheese pizza back then was it three cheese or just well, just straight cheese? I don't even know about that. 
I would, oh. I would just say cheese pizza. I, I mean, nowadays have, there's other toppings I like, but um, I think I think Pizza Hut had a like a, a a cheese pizza, but they it was it was like a great white shark tie-in or something at the time. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not uh, sure. Do you no, looking back though? If you cha- had to change your mind, like do you have a different choice for best favorite food of the 1980s? Like would it have been like oh, fruit roll-ups or no. something? I mean, I, I still think pizza, at least in general, I definitely grilled cheese sandwiches. Yeah, that's a cl- that's a timeless classic, though. Really. Um, and and it's true. I mean, I would have a peanut butter sandwich every single day at school. Do you take your peanut or your uh, grilled cheese sandwiches uh, straight and plain? I I usually like it with either tomato soup or you know it's really uh, really weird. A spicy mustard goes really great with a, a grilled cheese sandwich. Uh, wow, it's pretty good. <laughs> I know I, you're not you know a big what? condiment uh, guy. If you enjoy it, I am not going to poop on that, but um, <laughs> um, or gray poop on on that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, me, no, no, I, I don't like spicy mustard. I don't really like condiments. Still, uh, short of maybe barbecue sauce, um, okay. and I really don't like tomato soup. <laughs> you know, um, if yeah. if anything on a grilled cheese, um, bacon. Oh, that sounds pretty good, actually. A uh, bacon on a grilled cheese yeah. is fantastic. So it looks like I was pretty big into pastries, which I guess I still am in the big pastries. But yeah. um, I I think that I'd have to slightly amend my my decision, and now I'd have to go with the Sara Lee Lake Lee sandwich ham and Swiss cheese croissants. Talk we talked about two or three episodes ago. Actually. Well, and let's be honest. I mean, after finding out that whole Gates McFadden thing, how can you not? Right, and probably when we recorded this in 1989, they were still on the market, so I probably felt less beholden to them, and it was less of a forbidden like unattainable goal thing again you know? right uh fondness makes the heart go fonder at all etc etc <laughs> now do you remember we, there's this weird little throwaway line in this segment where we talk about mom pouring milk into a box of cereal yep do you this this there must be a story behind this there do absolutely you, is and i remember it vividly okay this is good because i only have really not so vivid memories maybe you can help me out here yeah, what? absolutely. Um, and, okay. and I love the fact that mom shouts out Falafels Drive-In in San Jose. If you are in San Jose, they are still around. Support them. They're, they're, they're still around, exactly. They are. Um, so when when we were small, like small okay. enough to still be, you know, eating at the dinner table that occupied like the middle of our kitchen, because it's a very small kitchen. Okay. Um, one morning, mom was pouring us bowls of cereal Mm -hmm. couldn't tell you what cereal for the life of me don't remember um and i don't remember if she was just tired or Mm -hmm. distracted or what um but when she opened the carton of milk to go pour milk into our bowls she started pouring it into the box instead what are you serious yeah and and very quickly because i think we both went mom (laughs) <laughs> what are you doing? Um, realized that, oh, I'm pouring it into the box. Right, right. Um, and then she proceeded to tell a story of when she and her brothers were, like, causing a ruckus while eating. Mm-hmm. Um, our Grandma Jerry, their mom, obviously, um, got flustered and said, don't eat with your mouth full instead of don't talk with your mouth full. Don't eat with your mouth full. <laughs> um, and that always became a joke uh, oh, nice. with us. Don't eat with your mouth full. Well, what are we <laughs> supposed to do? You know, um, I, I love how our conversation uh, 30 years ago kind of starts with 
dad being like, yeah, PB&J, but it's kind of mm-hmm. the right kind of bread. And then he starts mm-hmm. to tell what kind of bread it is. It's honey nut of something. And you mm-hmm. go, Cheerios. Right, yeah. Honey nut and then it just bread. turns into like <laughs> peanut butter and jelly cereal and kneading lots of milk. And, <laughs> yeah, that, that was just weird. I, I wonder what kind of cereal mom poured the milk into the box of. Like, I wonder and, if it's You know, it's tough to say. Or... I mean, we... I don't think we had any cereals that were, like, totally off-limits. You know, oh, no, we, we would, got all the We would have stuff. everything from Cheerios and Honey Nut Cheerios to Captain Crunch to Fruit Loops to, you know, whatever else in between. So it, it could have been anything at the time. So my gut kind of says it was a Cheerios product, but I don't right. know. My, you know, in my opinion, like, and I don't know, like, from a medical standpoint, if this is a valid statement... But, you know, speaking as a layman, I would have to say that of all the sugar cereals that we had as kids, the one that was probably the most obscene was uh, Cookie Crisp, where it was just the little cookies. Yeah. Like, you you know, you could watch like a commercial for Frosted Flakes and they'd say part of a balanced breakfast. And it's like I could theoretically envision how maybe like depending upon what you ate with it, it could be a balanced breakfast. No Mm -hmm. way in heck could I ever see anybody eating any amount of cookie crisp and that would be any balance at, uh, at all whatsoever, you know? <laughs> um, but you know, just a really quick shout out to, uh, our old childhood dining room tables. I don't know if you remember the ones I remember, but there were two that I distinctly remembered in the kitchen. There was one that had like brass metal, gold, shiny legs and a glass top that you could see through. Yeah. And there was also one we had that was earlier, which, I think this was back before maybe mom went back to work, so money was kind of tight. And I swear it was nothing more than a, and I don't mean this in a pejorative way, I mean it with a lot of love, but it was like a big wooden spool that like a phone company would have used to wrap phone cables on, like just turned over on its side, you know? Yeah, and that, that's like, exactly what that table was. That table was an old PG&E spool yeah. um, but it was, with with a, a large circular piece of wood cut out and attached to it. But you know what? I definitely have to give a shout out to mom and dad that they were spending their money, not so much on like, like great tables in the kitchen, but like on all like the hat, like masters of the universe toys for you and me and like Legos and stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Pretty good stuff. Well, good stuff. funny side story about that, that PG and E spool, because that I think also ended up as a TV stand for a short while. Did it really? Yes, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. I know my mom, and, my mom and dad could probably chime in on that better, but I seem to remember it being a TV stand for a short while as well. Wow. Without the larger tabletop on it. Okay. And then um, uh, I think when we finally replaced that table, that spool ended up in the backyard, and I seem to remember us roughhousing a little bit too much with it, and um, me uh, basically giving the top of your head a laceration. Are you serious? That's oh, yes. Awesome. Now, at that age um, that we were, um, I literally thought I had cracked your head open. Ah, oh, my now, God. And it's easy to say, cracked your head open, because I have had, like, a road sign fall on my head oh, within the, garage, the past yeah. couple of years and give me quite a laceration. And your scalp will bleed quite a lot. I was a bleeder, too. Yeah. Um, and so it really seems, you know, like your head is split open. I could just um, imagine the little little tailor, your face turns white and you're thinking how you're going to tell mom and dad that like I'm dead, basically, you know? Kind of, yeah. I mean, we were in the backyard, <laughs> so it's not like mom and dad were far away. But um, <laughs> yeah, I've managed to give you some pretty good injuries over the year. And I, sorry, man. 
No, it's okay. Hey, I'm sorry for you. I, there's things I remember doing to you. I remember one time I had to sharpen pencil and I just jabbed it right into your arm for no reason, you know? I don't even think I was mad at you at the time. I'm sorry I, for honestly, that, Honestly, I don't remember that at all. Well, I'm, I'm really thankful you don't. That's great. Um, hey, maybe we, what's the next topic we're going to talk about? <laughs> <laughs> move, move, moving on from feeling guilty for, for hurting each other, uh, what were our oh, favorite cars of oh, the of 80s? Course. Here we go. Here we go. Favorite car. And you guys have known this for years and years. I have my own Volkswagen. They rule. Yes. Nothing else yes. is better. What? Your favorite car? It's really a tie. I, I, I have... Yeah, this price. Volkswagen has got to be my all-time favorite. Um, I'm really enamored of the X-Roddy right now. So I have to say X-Roddy because it's so terrific. But I have no, a really full question, so my favorite. My turn. Mm-hmm. Lotus. Lotus. Okay. Really, Lotus not Lamborghini? No, no, no. They only get six miles per gallon. No. They, they do not. I mean, it's, it's just a switch car. Six gallons to the mile. Favorite car. Yeah. Six gallons to the mile, yeah, yeah. I do. Um, I'd have to say a class between Volkswagens and Nissan Pathfinder. Pathfinder's are cool. They are. Okay. That's really kind of an interesting one, I have to admit. You know, it's crazy because, you know, no surprise, you're a VW guy. You're Mr. Volkswagen, so that makes sense. Yep. Uh, Dad, no surprise, Mr. Lotus. Uh, that makes sense. Um, uh, as as we, you know, mentioned a couple episodes in our automobile episode. Um, I have no idea why I mentioned the Nissan Pathfinder. Yeah. Like, I mean, I, I can't remember any friends or relatives at the time that owned one. I've never owned one. I can't, from what little research I've done, I can't find out that it was in any, like, famous TV shows or movies I may have watched as a little kid. I don't know if it just had, like, a great commercial, like, or commercial jingle or something that I got hooked on or what, but... Maybe. I have no memory of liking this car, so that was one of the most eye-opening things of this whole video experience that kind of like really opened my eyes a little bit you know what i mean oh um, definitely and i mean it's no surprise i mean I, I love how it's like favorite car of the 80s turns into what are your brand loyalties oh oh yeah totally. because you know here i am i'm like i'm a vw guy and yep. you know we're at the end of the 80s and i'm like i've got a car from the 60s and it's the best and then <laughs> dad goes well i love my lotus and it's from the 60s and <laughs> right. here we are in the 80s and it's the best yeah, yeah. Mom yeah. at least goes, well, I like Volkswagen Vest, but I really love my Maricor. And that at least is an 80s car. So she, I think she kind of wins that one. Yeah, she she wins by default on that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I, I definitely kind of try to put my thinking cap on and try to think about what my new choice might be. Um, I'm definitely not sticking with the Nissan Pathfinder. Um, I was really torn a little bit. I mean, at first I was thinking, you know, Lamborghini Countach, Countach or whatever. Um, then I thought the Gadget Mobile from Inspector Gadget, um, <laughs> but I, I, I eventually settled on the DMC DeLorean. I kind of just, it's such an iconic 80s vehicle, you know what I mean? Yeah, I can, um, I can totally see that. Oh, and total nostalgia moment when we could hear in the background of that particular video clip, the old clock on the wall chiming. Yeah. I mean, I, I know mom and dad still have that clock, but I think the chiming mechanism has been broken for many, many years. So that, it's either been that was broken or turned off. I don't remember which. Yeah, one of the two. It definitely doesn't chime anymore. But no. um, so so now now it is finally struck eight o'clock. 
on New Year's right. Eve. Yes, exactly. We're getting closer. Um, but yeah, that did that that it sounded familiar to you too, though, right? Yeah. 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 Ah. Uh, so well, uh, our next. Yeah. Yeah, our next uh, topic. I, I think we also go a little off the rails with this mm-hmm. one, and we're looking at favorite inventions of the eighties. Mm. Mm-hmm. Favorite new invention mm-hmm. for oh, the past decade. I mean, yeah, new... for the last ten years. Oh, well. Is it up? Um, VCR? I don't know. Yeah, VCR. Can I say mine? Yeah. I don't know. I'm talking about the, you know, the original, not the company, but the original, Nintendo. Okay. Yeah. No, my, my favorite new invention, it wouldn't be any of the shit, because I'm in the Toilet paper. It's really good. Deodorant. No. No. I'd have to say. <laughs> I'd have to say. <laughs> we never had before. I know it came out in 79, but I, I still have to say the Walkman. Uh, right. What's your favorite? Oh, Nintendo, yeah. Right. Nintendo is great. Yours? Yours. Mine? Yeah, I can't think of mine. VCRs. VCRs? I guess mine might be the microwave. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that Even helped. No, it's not done during the second. I started to use it most often during the second. I really have to say it's cool. Well, it's true. I was completely wrong about the microwave being invented in the 80s. Mm. Was it the 70s? No. No. In fact, like the very first radar ranges, I think, which is what they were called, because mm-hmm. radars used uh, microwaves, mm-hmm. um, I think it was late 50s, early 60s. Oh, my gosh. Wow. But yeah. the technological advancements in the 70s and into the 80s miniaturized stuff enough that it became mm. very commonplace it's an interesting question you know does it do does it is it inventions that were invented in the 80s or inventions that entered our lives in the 80s do you know what i mean oh i totally know what you mean and we never yeah, clarified that we definitely didn't clarify that because i mean i guess when you think about it if if you're thinking inventions that entered our lives in the 1980s I'd have to say it's a toss-up between the personal computer and the microwave oven. I mean, those are probably the two that I use the most on a daily basis, I guess. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, I love your Walkman choice. Great choice. Oh, yeah. I mean, and, I, just... and I think, you know, I mean, for the 80s, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll stand by that because, you know, music was huge with me. So, so my Walkman mm-hmm. was constantly on me. Totally. I mean, it was basically the almost... Sort of the first time you could really take music with you, in a sense. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know? Yeah, definitely, definitely. Absolutely. Um, I, I got to admit, I think it's absolutely hilarious uh, because, you know, you must have recognized the fact that I was now a teenager and I was probably starting <laughs> to stink a little bit. Right. You know, get the clear soul pads, clear pool acne, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, that was that was pretty good. Um, I, I definitely was really big into Nintendo, obviously. Um uh, you know, looking back on it though, now that I think about it, I mean, obviously, if 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 I had to change my choice, I mean, you know, if we're going with things that entered our lives in the '80s, as I said, microwaves, personal computers, but if I got to stick to things that sort of came out in the '80s, I think mm-hmm. I'd choose disposable cameras okay. with the little cardboard bodies because it's like I actually still use those, <laughs> which is really kind of a shame to say. Um, but you also still have a flip phone. I do still have a flip phone, exactly, which does have a camera on it, but it's only one pixel, I think. So, um, 
but uh, yeah, um, I'm glad that they're still. I'm glad that disposable cardboard cameras are still available for purchase and can be developed uh, in this country. Um, probably not going to be like that forever, I would think. Um, but uh, I definitely still use them at least once a year, uh, if not more. So uh, that's gonna that's gonna be my new choice for that one. There you um, go. But uh, speaking of inventions, another. Uh, Famous invention, the television set. Our next topic, we're going to talk about some of our favorite television shows of the decade, the 1980s. So let's uh, let's take a listen. Definitely. What? What's your favorite current TV show? My favorite to be Roseanne. That is that is great. Yeah. Hey, yeah. Mom. Mom. Yeah. Designing women. Delta Burke is big. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Dad. Designing women and new hearts. Yeah. Yeah. We have uh, Mystery with Vincent Price yeah. and Emma Peel and Leona Kern as one pull of the day. And uh, don't forget Monty about Albert Camion. That's right, Albert Camion. Yes. 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 And I have to say, what you guys always say, Gadget! I like <laughs> it. And it did, did come out in the 80s. Gadget. Yeah, it did. Gadget was good. Yeah. That, you know, uh, personally speaking, I... Okay. I do not stand by my choice. Oh, the Roseanne choice? I, my, I mean, Roseanne was huge in the 80s, and, and yeah, I, I did enjoy it, and I did watch it, but man, there's so many better shows. Yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, in your defense, 1989 was almost peak Roseanne, you know what I'm saying? But, yeah, I um, do. I mean, I'll, I mean, same thing here. I mean, Inspector Gadget, I mean, obviously I love it, but... I don't know if it's still my number one choice. And of all the categories that we talked about tonight, best television show of the 80s, that that was the one that stumped me the longest. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Um, I finally just chose Moonlighting, which I think is a strong choice. Um, but I could easily think of half a dozen shows which, you know, would definitely stop me in my tracks. And I would be like, geez, maybe that's better than Moonlighting. You know what I mean? No, totally uh, I mean, there was, there was, um, there, all the, all the great, you know, brilliant but canceled type shows, like, there was Bakersfield PD, and there was Sledgehammer, and mm-hmm. all sorts of great funky shows in the 80s, you know what I mean? Like, the ones that even people don't talk about too much these days. Obviously, there's like, obviously, there's like, you know, Family Ties, different, you know, um, uh, 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 Facts of Life. Uh, Facts of Life. I mean, Guy yeah. Bro. MacGyver, oh, Misfits geez. of Science, Star Trek: The Next Generation. I yeah, mean, oh, totally. Because that came out in '87. Totally, totally. Could you? Are you able to? Is this one of those categories where you're just like you throw your hands up and you're like, I really couldn't choose one kind of thing? I, I, I would definitely like change my answer. There's just so many other shows that I think that I would return to. There, let me put it that way. There are so many shows that I would like go would, back and rewatch. Like Roseanne. Wouldn't Roseanne is not shows. one of them. I, that's re, that's a really good criteria. I think I like that. I like that a lot. Um, mom, you know, shout out to mom for choosing a new heart and designing women. Yeah. Um, uh, not too big of a surprise with dad choosing mystery. I think to this day, ninety percent of the books and TV shows he consumes is some sort of murder mystery uh, mm-hmm. version. Um, I, I really, at some point, would love to calculate how many you know fictional murders our father has either read or watched. Well, you know, and let's let's not forget that I think we all watched Murder She Wrote back in the day too. Oh, another great show! Yeah, I think the body count for Dad's got to be in the thousands by this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, my combination of Inspector Gadget and 
Peter Davidson's Campion, which was a short-lived British period 20s murder mystery drama via PBS. Mm-hmm. It's got to be one of the weirdest television mashups ever. Peter Davidson, I think he may have played Doctor Who? Yeah, he was the fifth Doctor. He was the fifth Doctor. Right, exactly. He was the fifth Doctor that had kind of like really light blonde hair. Yes. Which I think is pretty much, is that's pretty much the main thing to know about the fifth Doctor? Say that one more time. That's pretty much the the main thing that you, you one would need to know about the fifth Doctor Who, right? Just that fact. Uh, that pretty long, much. Like, like yeah. Right, Wore right. cricket outfit. Cricket, yes, cricket outfit. Yeah, I gotcha. Are, are there anybody in the, you know, not to digress, are there any, I know there are certain people that have certain favorite doctors, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Tom Baker or Sylvester McCoy. Is Peter Davison one of the less popular doctors? Um, I don't think so. Really? I don't think so. I think there's a lot of people who like Peter Davison. In fact, he's he's one of the um, one of the actors who played the Doctor who will be at Gallifrey One next year. Oh, no way. Are you serious? Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Very cool. I'll have to get him to sign my Campion and uh, Inspector Gadget DVDs. There, yes. <laughs> there you go. Uh, well, I don't know how that fits, but speaking of fitting, uh, we got some clothing to put on next. Our next category is going to be our top uh, clothing uh, fashion uh, features of the 1980s that we were fans of. Yeah, this so, will be an uh, interesting one. Totally. I'm pretty excited. Favorite type of clothes in the 1980s? I gotta say, 501s. I haven't been able to wear them in the 80s ever because I've been too fast. But 501s are my favorite comeback. Vehicle boys, any sort of everything else in the 70s sucks. 70s always sucks. Bathing suits with high French cuts. Yeah. I could, even again, I couldn't mm-hmm. wear them because I was too fat, but yeah. they were my favorite, yeah, my favorite look mm-hmm. in the 80s, and I think it was good that they came back. That was, um, <laughs> that was interesting. There's one thing that I say, because I say, bugle boys, any surf shirt, and then I say something else, and, and I can't make it out. I've listened so many times. Hmm. Maybe no for, idea what uh, I say. If our listeners uh, think that they know what, what my brother is saying, please feel free to chime in on our social media. We'd love to find out. Yeah. Um, if you can make it out, I'll be impressed. Um, Mom, this was a category that apparently I may have fallen asleep at this point. I'm not sure what – maybe I'm going to get a drink of water. <laughs> as far as I can tell, I'm not in this audio segment at all. It's it's just you and Mom from, from what I gather. For the most part, I think Dad kind of chimes in just agreeing with Mom on like everything she says. Obviously, she was a big fan of the 501s, the jeans. Yep. Um, and I know that you said bathing suits with high fringe cuts. I thought she said high French cuts, but um, which I think is like a different type of bikini, maybe? I, I guess. I mean, that kind of like high-waisted look. Yeah. You know? So the, the, the curve comes way up over the hip was very popular at that time. And I'm not sure if that's what we're talking about. Since I didn't give an answer in 1989, I feel like I can't change my answer, but I can definitely chime in. And I think I'd have to choose baggy surf pants with extreme print designs. Like, Mm -hmm. the more garish and bold the design and colors, the better. That's kind of... I wore a lot of those types of pants, I feel. You know, kind of roomy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Maybe Maybe with, like, a drawstring. Yeah, they probably had drawstring. Drawstring or, like, an elastic waistband or something like that. So... um. But are you still are you still Mr. Bugle Boys or what what's the what's the what's the deal? Oh gosh, no, not 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 Bugle Boys. Um I'll definitely go for 
a surf shirt. Um, no, what I I didn't even know what I have in the way of pants. Sounds. I think they're probably Levi's. Levi's, yeah, yeah. So it's no stuff you pick no, up at Target. No members only jackets. No, gosh, no. I didn't even wear those in the back in the day. You know what? I really wanted to add to this segment uh, a type of clothing that I only found out came out in like 1990 or 1991. So I had to scratch it from the show notes, and I was kind of bummed out. Because it was like the only time I could think that we could talk about this. And there was this t-shirt called Hypercolors. Oh, yeah. And they were like color col- shirts. Heck yeah. Yeah. They were, it was like, it was color changing, but it was like temperature based, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like you could put your handprint on it and it, the handprint would stay, which I mean, wow. I mean, that's brilliant. I don't understand why our, clo- our clothing still doesn't do that. You know? I, well, I, I don't know that they're necessarily hypercolored brand anymore, but you can still get shirts like that. Uh, is that true? Yeah. Holy caps! Is this like online or something? Or where do you uh, get this yeah, I feel okay. like Kobe may have bought one at one time. I want a suit like that. <laughs> there you go. Uh, great. Well, from favorite clothing, we're we're now uh, shifting gears into the category favorite person, which is pretty a uh, pretty tall order, I guess. But uh, I know for an entire decade. Yeah, that's tall. That's tall let's order. Let's see what uh, we say. All right, let's take it up. Favorite person of the. I certainly still stand by mine. I think I think at this point in the evening, I was getting a little punchy. Tom Curran. Now, he's a surfer? Yes. Okay. T- okay. He's a surfer. Okay. Because when I look at the name Tom Curran without my glasses on, it looks awfully close to Tim Curry. So I'm imagining like Frankenfurter from like um, Rocky Horror Picture Show on a surfboard. <laughs> no, definitely not. Not Tim Curry, although I definitely uh, do enjoy his acting skills. So Tom Curran, was there something like was he just in the, all the surfing magazines you would read, and he, he was just awesome, or? Yeah, he. I mean, he really was at the the top of his game uh, during the eighties, um, and and he is still honestly kind of has a a, a balance and a flow to okay. how he surfs that is very unique. You can even if you if you were to. I should rephrase that. If I were to, I can't say that the average person would do this. Um, there have been times where I've just seen, oh, here's a video clip of somebody surfing on a wave. And I'm like, that's that's totally Curran style. And it's like, and yeah, so here's Tom Curran. I'm like, I recognize that style. Um, now, listeners to our podcast will, will probably be familiar with a, a a movie that we've talked about that you were a big fan of called Ozone. Yeah. Was was he in Ozone by any chance? Uh, yeah, he was because that um, that video covered uh, the uh, O'Neill Coldwater Classic of 1990. Okay. And 1990, actually, so obviously I'm not referencing it here because it hasn't happened yet. But 1990 was a year where uh, Tom Kern had actually, had, I think, taken some time off from the uh, world tour mm-hmm. and... Um, had come back and so he literally had to 
like requalify for every event. So even though he's been champion, you know, world champion a couple of years um, in the 80s and been at the top of this game, he literally had to come in with like, you know, everybody coming through like the round of 16, the round of eight, or, you know, literally work his way up through every event. Okay. Um, and 1990 was one of those amazing years. He actually did it and was world champion at the end of 1990. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, cool. Um, shout out to mom for uh, up, uh, upping the game on weird combinations. I thought my Inspector Gadget Peter Davison mashup was pretty weird. She's going for PV Herman and James Burke. Yep. Uh, James Burke, if you don't know, was is and was a British television documentary host who did a lot of like shows about like the history of science and things like that. Um, pretty good guy actually, but you know him and Pee Wee Herman. Wow, wow, that's something else. Um, Plus, nothing like a good old fashioned Pee Wee Herman impersonation. <laughs> totally. Um, apparently, I also said that I am my favorite person in the 1980s. Um, I definitely think I need to tone that down a little bit. I'm just going to go Michael J. Fox. I think he really can't. <laughs> That's my new answer. I don't think you can go wrong with that. It's probably the safe answer, um, but uh, I'll, I'll, I'm going to stick with it. Yeah, uh, it's very hard to go wrong with Michael J. Fox. I mean, he, he the 80s were very much his decade. Right. I don't think choosing Michael J. Fox by any stretch of the imagination could be considered a disaster. But speaking of disasters, um, probably it looks like the penultimate category that we talk about is a kind of weird one. Um, favorite disasters of the 1980s. Yeah, um, I, I don't know which one of us picked that, but let's um, let's see what we liked. Kind of a weird one. All right. Yeah, here we go. Um, favorite disaster. Oh, honey, the earthquake. Chernobyl. Oh, the Chernobyl. Earthquake. Chernobyl. The earthquake. Chernobyl. The Challenger. Hugo. Hugo. Yeah. Hugo. Hugo well, we and Gilbert. We should have our share of disasters. Wow! Big hair, stand on end. Jeff, Jeff came over once, and that was one of our, my favorite disasters. <laughs> <laughs> That's always a disaster. The earthquake was bad, but it didn't really affect us too much. Yeah, we lost a bag of flour. Ain't that horrid? That's about it. Oh. But it was scary. I was the only one away from the rest of the family. It was scary yeah, for well. me. And I wasn't scared for myself, but I was scared for everybody else. And I was in a good place for it. since nothing could fall down on me. It was no big deal. But scared me for the rest of the boys until I got home. Chairs. 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 Three chairs. Three chairs for the 90s. Oh. Three chairs for the 90s, indeed. Three chairs for the 90s. Oh, I love a good old Marx Brothers reference. Man, there were a lot of disasters in the 80s. Chernobyl, Challenger, 89 Quake, Kirk and Hugo. I, I, I love how, like, kind of passionate, at least I was getting, like, no, this was the better disaster. There are no good disasters. What the heck? Asking. Yeah, we, we yeah we were definitely rooting for different disasters. Um, Clearly, uh, and you know uh, Uncle Jeff coming over probably not as big a disaster as maybe Mom let on, but um, no, definitely. I, I mean that's pretty funny. I would I would I would say our Uncle Rob, but that the only disaster <laughs> was that is saying hey, you know we're celebrating at twelve and he shows up at two. But <laughs> whoops. Um, you know, I know that apparently I was really big on Hurricane Hugo in 1989. Yeah. But I definitely got to say, 
you know, with with a little bit of hindsight, a little bit more maturity now, I gotta say, honestly, I think that man-made disasters are more tragic than inevitably they're gonna be more tragic than natural disasters, if not mm-hmm. more. I think natural disasters, many of them are more destructive than man-made disasters. But like man-made disasters have that element of they could have been prevented, so they're more tragic, you know. So sure. I'd have I'd have to say probably my new answer biggest disaster of the 1980s Exxon Valdez oil spill. Like I mean I know that I know that Chernobyl was might have been just as big or bigger, but like radiation is so invisible, you know what I mean? Whereas mm-hmm. like all the little I can't tell you how many times I would I have memories of being a little kid and seeing footage of like four little sea animals covered in oil. And just how yeah. how gut wrenching that was, you know what I mean? Oh, it I was, totally know what you mean. I mean, that was, Exxon Valdez was a huge deal. It was so huge at the time, and I know it still is. But people maybe just don't, maybe just don't remember. Maybe the new generations don't remember how big it was. I guess. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It it was just left a huge stain, you know. Yeah, I um, I mean, I, and I would say, I mean, yes, radiation's invisible. I mean, have you seen pictures of Chernobyl? You know now. No, I haven't actually. Oh, what does it look oh like? my gosh! Look, look it up. I mean, you actually can yeah. take tours. Wait, you can take there. tours? I thought yeah. it was all like sealed off or whatever. Are you serious? Um, yeah, but there are some companies who, at this point in time, I mean, everybody's wearing decimeters and stuff, so you can kind of monitor how much radiation you're getting. But you actually can take a tour. I mean, it's complete, like absolute utter ghost town. After we're done, mm. uh, go hop on YouTube and go. Go see what that whole area looks like today. It's it's kind of terrifying. So it's maybe just like a quick in and out won't like hurt you long term kind of thing. Maybe right. Okay, I got you. More got or you. less. But I mean, really, I know we had an entire episode on the eighty nine quake, but I mean, I think the one where you you've got an entire generation of people who are like can remember where they were. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I I probably say Challenger. Yeah, that was a big one too. You know. You know. Um, yeah. Jeez, what a downer way to end the episode. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Now, we actually, the nice thing is we didn't just end it there, even though we were cheering for the 90s and obviously getting kind of tired and a little punchy at that point. Um, Definitely. We we do actually kind of round it out and have a conclusion uh, as we are reaching out to the future and assuming that people are still going to be using VHS tapes in 10 years' time. <laughs> right, right. All right, let's take a listen. <laughs> Yeah, let's take a listen. Yeah, probably the right. biggest difference in our life in the last decade, from the mm-hmm. 80s to the 90s, the lunacy that the children have brought to our lives and the great joy that they have brought to our lives because they've grown right. up and become their own personalities. Yes, extraordinary I thought so in ten years when you look at this fuckers where you will be I don't know, but five is an eight thirty. Dips have been big this second. The big thing of the eighties is dips. Dips for TV shows. And of course I have dips from six thirty to eleven thirty tonight. I have dips on board. Well, I have dibs on what to say next because Clearly, we brought lunacy into our parents' lives. Apparently so. Yeah, that was pretty exciting. Um, uh, and apparently joy, but that was mentioned a bit later. Man, oh man. What a what a blast from the past. You know, I got to say, it's it's interesting. We're, we're finishing up tonight's episode, and 
And we're actually also finishing up a, 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 another decade, the decade of the, I guess, the teens, the 20 teens. Yeah, the 20 teens. Um, 2010s, yeah. And and I got to say, you know, of all the things that are, came out of this decade, I think my favorite things that came out of this decade are your kids. Aw, thanks. You know, I mean, talk about lunacy. They just added so much pizzazz to our lives now. You know what I mean? Oh, you should have seen them today. Oh. Um I will completely agree with that. I mean, becoming a parent, uh, it's, I get where mom and dad come from when they say that 30 years ago, because there is lunacy and there is joy. And yeah, I honestly, I wouldn't trade it for anything. And, and God forbid we, we teach my kids what dibs are. (laughs) Yeah. But now devices, you can like record eight different things at once. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's right. We don't necessarily have appointment TV anymore. It's like, Oh, It's on the DVR. I'll catch up with it later. When I was your age, young whippersnapper, we Pretty only much. could record one thing at a time. Pretty oh much. Oh, my gosh. And we yep, had to do yep, it on yep. a VHS tape. We had to do it on a VHS tape. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> wow. Well, geez, this has been a blast from the past. It That's has nice been. Day. And and I, you know, I'm sure much to mom's dismay, suckers, uh, we didn't watch it 10 years later or even 20 years later. <laughs> hey, 30 years. We, at least it's a year that ends in a zero, right? Better late than never, right? Exactly. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Well, I know. Jeez. That was a hoot. You know, yeah, it was a hoot. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm just, I'm so glad that we're still able to have each other in our lives and think about these and remember these things. And uh, the 80s, they were a fun time. Um Ladies and gentlemen, if you had some of your favorite memories of the 80s, we'd love love to hear about uh, what they were um, in any of these categories or topics. Um, and if any of you are listening to this who maybe didn't live through the 80s, um, it was a, it was a great time. It was a fun time. Um, a lot of excess, a lot of outrageousness. Um, it was the Cold War. It was the end of the Cold War. Um, but it was a warm time, too. It was sunny. Um, there was a big hole in the ozone layer. I think I don't hear about that much anymore. Maybe it is it still there? Who knows? I um, I feel like it's healed itself and gotten worse and healed itself a few times over now. You know what I have to say though before we finish up one one category I realized we didn't bring up at all was music. Oh, that's that's true actually. I don't know why yeah, we didn't. Do you, did you have like a favorite musical thing, a band or there, song? Maybe, honestly, or? Was, no. I, well, that's, and that might be why we didn't bring it up. I don't think there's any way I could pick a single like favorite piece of music yeah i mean from the 80s there's just so much yeah because it's like are you taking a song or an album or an artist you know what Uh i mean um gosh that's a you know what i mean i I remember being a little kid and really liking listening to the bangles Mm -hmm. i mean i guess the i guess i'd choose the bangles if it was artists maybe i don't know that's a good one um fish head songs was great but that was like that's true wasn't it or uh i think it may have been recorded in the 70s but i think they were introduced to it in the 80s yeah i mean you know probably the songs that stick with me the most are like the weird songs from like sesame street like some Mm -hmm. of the weird segments you know yeah um there there was one with a pinball machine they would go one two three four five six seven eight nine ten eleven twelve yeah that was it's like i'm you know, when I'm in a nursing home in my 80s and I pass away, that's probably going to be one of the things that, like, repeats in my brain or whatever, you know? God. Oh, my gosh. 
Yeah. Not exactly where I wanted to end the episode, but um, okay. <laughs> or Hugh Lewis and the News. That was a big band. Yeah. yeah Lots totally. of saxophone in the 80s. Saxophone was big. Saxophones. Synthesizers. Key, and guitars with like two necks or guitars that were like a keyboard. Yes, keytars. That's right, the keytar. Yes, 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 yes. We don't see much keytar anymore. No, not as no. much as there could be. Right, right. Uh, <laughs> oh my gosh. Wow. Oh well, we've, boy. Come, we've come 30 hours, 30 years in, in, in just over an hour. Um, yeah. Wow. Oh, man. So, well, hey, what are we going to talk about next month? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So for next month, for our, our first episode of 2010, um, yes. we're, 20, we're actually doing another live show, which I'm very excited about. Oh my gosh. This is, let me tell you, we did one live show and it was the, the Star Wars episode. Yep. Folks, if you haven't had a chance to listen to it, check it out. I'm so excited to be able to be in studio as you, as it, as they say. Um, I think this is going to be pretty exciting. What yeah, are we going to be talking Not about? only will this be like in studio, so we could almost pretend this will be in theater. We are going to do a live commentary track basically for the film Back to the Beach. Back to the beach. Can I tell you, I have only two things that hang on the walls of my office at work, and one of them is the poster to the film Back to the Beach that you gave yeah. me as a gift. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited about this. This is going to be great. Um, I'm I'm looking forward to it. It, it. It'll be great to have you over. Um, you know, we can plunk ourselves down on the couch. Yeah. Bring the movie up, and uh, as you, dear listeners watch along at home you can have this playing and have us yammering away in your ears distracting you from the film oh i, I can't think of anything better <laughs> <laughs> unless we were to like mst3k it but i think there's other films we might want to pick for something like that oh i'm just the only thing that's coming out of my mouth is fishbone that's just how it's that's right i can't yeah. wait I'm I, I still get caught up on the whole magic realism of the whole Pee Wee Herman segment. It's like, where did that even come from? Bird is the word. Bird oh, is the word. That's for sure. Totally, totally. Anyway, anyway, All right. thank you anyway. for uh, joining us and sticking with us for for two whole years now. Oh. Um, it was Thanksgiving here at our house two years ago, where Seb and I first kicked around the idea of doing a podcast together. Mm-hmm. And and here we are now, literally the day after our Thanksgiving celebration uh, and and marking two years worth of episodes. Um, so if you haven't listened to them, go back and listen to them. They're there for you to enjoy. Um, rate and review us, please. And in the meantime, you can like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, at Memory Serves Pod. I am sorry, I am terrible about the Twitters. Uh, with this account um i make sure that tweets go out all month long pushing the episode and and i forget to look at it completely so um seb i might see if you want to pick up that mantle and help out a little bit that would be really yeah. cool um send me the password can... what's that uh, send me the password send you the password yes absolutely right. i can totally do that because you always find such great research and and just uh-huh. random bits you could tweet out pictures of ali Faramal from the 80s uh-huh. um anyway you can follow me on twitter at blue box ufo and you can follow seb at clan mcmuffin indeed makes me hungry for some mcdonald's breakfast subscribe to us please on itunes stitcher soundcloud 
Spotify, wherever you consume podcasts. Just search for If Memory Serves. Please rate us and review us as well. I guess we didn't get any of your coworkers to review us this month. That's okay. No, that's yes. We still are at two reviews, which, hey, it's great. We're averaging one review every 12 months. So there's a pattern. <laughs> I'd, I'd love to average a lot more than that, but that's okay. That's okay. It's, it starts slow. The snowball begins rolling. Um, right. By all means, check us out at soundcloud.com slash the N-O-T-L-G. You will get a feed of all the podcasts we put out on the Night of the Living Geeks Network. And check out notlg.spreadshirt.com. Hey, it's Christmas shopping time. Get yourself or a loved one a sweet if memory serves t-shirt and if you are in a position to uh our podcasts i think will always be free to consume we don't do ads or anything but if you are in a position to help us out patreon.com slash notlg um anything you can give it goes a long way to help with hosting fees and all that kind of stuff uh morgan willis does our music you can check him out on facebook uh twitter soundcloud uh search at morgan willis i think on twitter is morgan willis 82 and uh follow him there and with that um merry christmas happy new year uh get ready for a new decade here we go all right folks well i hope you have a great year most definitely and we will catch you in 2020 bye-bye she was just tired or mm-hmm. distracted or what uh, but when she opened the carton of milk to go pour milk into our bowls she started pouring it into the box instead